Talk Radio. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. Cute Talk Radio is a program of the San Gabriel Valley LGBTQ Center. Before we move on, let's play a song by La Voz de Oro, Sabor a Mi. Fernando, who says, 
Hello, welcome. I'll be taking care of you today. May I get you started with some drinks? And before he can be done ta- uh, taking drinks, he's interrupted by the guest at the other table. When Fernando walks over, the table isn't ready. And this is the first time we listen to Fernando's thoughts, all in Spanish. Later, the customer complains about the food to Fernando. You know what? I'm not happy. I was expecting something different. Can I talk to your manager? Fernando replies with a smile on his face. Let me go get him. Help me welcome to the show, Armando Ibanez. Hey, babe. Hi. Good afternoon, Armando. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Very excited. Excited to be here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be in the show. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, um, ever since I started watching, you know, the the preview, the trailer for season two, then I went back and I saw season one. Um, I haven't stopped talking about it. I've been texting friends. You know, my husband and I sat down and watched it together. Um, it's, I, it's, there's a big buzz. And so I'm excited to have you on and have you talk about the journey of Undocutales. Let me, yes. Let me um, uh-huh. I was going to say, you know, let's talk about this project because, you know, this is a project that started two years ago and, you know, taking a while to, you know, uh, get to a place where, you know, it's grown as big as it is, it, it, meaning there's a lot of hard work behind this project. And I like for you to let our listeners know a little bit about who you are. Hi. Uh, yes. Thank you, uh, Javier. Well, my name is uh, I'm Andy Bañez. I am an undocumented queer filmmaker. I've been living in Los Angeles for the last 15, 16 years. And, and I am creating this web series because uh, I feel like my community, the undocumented queer community, is not represented on the screen. And when there is, there is this typical roles, stereotypes, tokenized roles, and that's why I wanted to create my own narrative and, and to show my people that we are more than stereotypes when it comes to undocumented queer people. Uh, besides the struggles that you're going to see on the show and that you have seen in articles, documentaries about undocumented people, we are more than that. We are human beings. We laugh. We fall in love. We go out. We have a life. And you don't see that in mainstream media. In many ways, um, I, I, I think that, you know, we can relate to this story, but one of the ways that you describe this is that this is a love letter to your people, to your community. Yes. Uh, this project, when I started this project, I wanted to educate a general audience about who we are and our experiences. But uh, because of the times that we're living under the Trump administration, and we've been living under this political uh, climate all the time, but now we see it more, it's more visible because of Trump. Now my goals have changed. My goals, it's, yeah, maybe educate a general audience, but this is more uh, to my community, to my uh, queer undocumented community. This is a way to remind them 
how beautiful are, how beautiful we are, how strong we are, that no matter what happens, we have a bigger spirit of survival. We are fighters by waking up every day. And this project is just to remind my people how powerful we are. You know, you can see that in the characters. Um, you know, there there's a variety of characters. And in the first episode, we're, we learned that, that Fernando's social security number isn't valid, that there was an audit. And your uh, Fernando's boss, who's played uh, – you play Fernando. So I, I'm going to refer to you sometimes as Fernando. But, um, Armando, I know that, that, that Fernando is the character that you play, but you know – Fernando is so um, believable, you know, I think we all know somebody like Fernando, and um, when we see that Fernando's boss sits him down to talk to him, um, who, who, the boss is played by Otoniel Mejia, and lets Fernando know that there's an issue with the social security number. Um, and then Fernando goes back, and, and you could see Fernando worry about what next steps are. Um, why was it important to have that scene with the social security number? You know, uh, I I think especially because we have, well, we have never seen that. And for me, writing the episodes and writing what I have gone through that people don't see and people don't talk about. It's like healing. It's like a therapy. And writing and putting it in the camera, it's healing and therapy for others. I learned that after I premiered the first season. Uh, mm. It's very important not to have a scene just like this one, but also uh, I'm sure you're going to talk about like the breakup scene. Uh, it's important to see these scenes because mm -hmm. then our people, besides feeling represented, I learned that it's a form of therapy and healing, and, and we are, along with the characters and along with the episodes, I feel like we are, we are healing together or we are having a therapy because we feel like someone understands our own struggles, the struggles that we don't talk about, the struggles that we don't share with friends or with common people. Yeah, like you said, we see that in that scene where Fernando um, and his boyfriend Urban have that discussion in the car and basically uh, you know you, you see right then and there that Fernando being on the passenger side and Urban sitting on the driver's side have two different experiences and it's represented not just by the discussion that they're having but by the way they speak to each other because Fernando speaks Spanish and Urban speaking to Fernando 100% all in English, right? And so um, Urban, you know, starts to, to talk about um, his frustration with Fernando's obstacles. And, you know, part of that obstacle is, like you said, being in the closet. And, and I could see how this is such a healing process because we haven't seen these types of characters on screen. Um, and, I, and I'm wondering, how did you come up with this dynamic between a Spanish-speaking character and an English-speaking character in a car in that way? Uh, you know what? That's a very, very good question because I wanted, when I was writing it, I wanted to reflect my interactions, not only with my relationships, but with friends between 
between uh, either Latinos or Mexican-Americans, and sometimes most of the interactions with my friends, it's like one either talking English and the other one responds in Spanish with this bilingual cultural and, and full of Spanglish, and that's how the interactions are, not only between relationships, but friendships too, when uh, the same group of friends speak uh, Spanish and English uh, at the same time. And, and I also, on the, on the screen, I wanted to reflect uh, the acculturation, the American acculturation of, of the boyfriend, who is American from, from uh, Mexican parents, and Fernando is it's Mexican, it's uh, undocumented, and someone who struggles to speak English or a proper English because he has an accent. So I wanted also to reflect that. But the interaction of one speaking Spanish and the other one answering in English, it's, it's a common it's a common dialogue that we have, especially here in L.A. I mean, I don't know about other cities, but here in L.A. it's a very common thing. And, you know, and then we move on to meet um, Edgar, who's played by Frederick Lopez. And you see some of that also in Frederick, right, where Frederick, um, you know, speaks to you in English, or Fernando, I should say. And, uh, and Frederick, uh, or Edgar, uh, played by Frederick, has a very narrow view of Mexicans, even though he, too, is Mexican. So tell us about that character. <laughs> Oh my God, I love this is a you know this is the first time that people ask me about this, and I've been wanting to talk I've been wanting dying to talk about this part like no one talks about like the interaction between Edgar complaining about Mexicans not tipping and and Fernando, but I have to say that at some point when I came to this country and I started uh working in the restaurant industry. That's the first thing that people tell you and teach you. Like Mexicans don't tip, black people don't tip, and and that's something that we relive. We we become part of this culture of 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 judging people and stereotyping people, and that is not correct. And and I feel like I wanted to address that. I wish I could. I wish I could have more time and resources because there's a lot going on. Not only this stereotyping and discrimination against our own people, but also the racism, anti-blackness that we have in the restaurant industry. So there's a lot that, that we can talk about this, but definitely I wanted to start the conversation about like me working for more than probably in the full service industry. It's about probably 10 years. And in everywhere I go, every restaurant that I go, I've been working in more than 20 restaurants, and there's a lot of stereotyping, discrimination, racism, and every 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 single restaurant that I have worked in. That might be an, an, a Los Angeles thing, that might be an American thing, but uh, that's something that people don't talk about in mainstream media, but we need to address it. And that's why I wanted to put this little scene in it. Because Edgar basically says, you know, that, that Fernando pays the hostess to be seated, uh, to have the, you know, to have the, the guests who are white, making this assumption that, that the white uh, customers tip better. And, um, and, and, and Fernando says something very interesting, which is, I, di I didn't know how to tip until I started working here. What, what did that, what, what is, what was that response like? How do you... Uh, I guess part of the reason I'm asking this is how do you decide what makes it into the scene? Uh, I'm sorry, what was the question again? 
you know, when when Edgar when Edgar is telling Fernando that you know, um, you know that that Mexicans don't tip well, and you know he's saying that he's joking. Edgar is joking that you know that Fernando pays the hostess, you know, to have the white customers. Um, and, and so Fernando responds, you know, I didn't know how to how to tip until I started working here. And so I, I know that the, the, these are small sentences that are part of larger discussions. So so I'm wondering, how do you decide what lines make the cut? Uh, you know, when I was writing the script, I I knew that I didn't have. Uh, a lot of resources in terms of also timing of shooting. So that counts a lot. depends on the resources that I have on my creativity when I'm writing. Because when I'm writing, I'm thinking about, like, what can I put? How can I address one issue? Or how can I start a conversation in just, like, one simple sentence or the shorter amount amount of, of lines in the script? Uh, and that's something that I decide to put like right before the 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 scene, the conversation with the manager. I wanted to talk. I I did not wanted to finish my script without opening the conversation about the tipping culture in in USA. Not only like the stereotypes, the discrimination, but also it's a cultural thing, and and we we need to understand that. So that's why I feel like I I needed. I needed to summarize all of that in just a simple line uh, of that. Yeah, and I think that um, for me, what what I experienced was having to think about um, the idea of corporate America and our expectations here with regarding, you know, um, how we treat um, people in the food industry, how we, you know, discuss you know, the, just the simple idea of tipping. And I thought that um, when I heard that interaction between Edgar and, and Fernando, you know, it's something I've heard many times before. Uh, sometimes I've heard people even make jokes, you know, so um, it, it, it was resonating to hear that somewhere uh, represented. And, you know, what I found really, I, I fell in love with Marlene right away, Fernando's a good friend who who he meets to the restaurant and and really um there was <laughs> there there was there's a good sense of humor that happens between you know all these characters at some point i uh, but I could see the the endearing friendship that Marlene and Fernando have, and you can see this best when Fernando asked Marlene to go with him to MacArthur park to to get a Mika. And you capture that moment um, so precisely. And there was a part of me that felt like I was watching a documentary for a brief second when I'm having, when I'm watching um, Fernando and Marlene negotiate the Mika with, um, with actor Lucio Lopez. And I, 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 I'm, how did you know how to shoot that scene? What kind of research did you have to do? Well, uh, in the undocumented community, we all know there are ways to, to unfortunately, to, I would call it ways to survive 
in in this country, and and because of that, uh, people already know that there is this thing that we call the black market, and the black market mm-hmm. is when you get to to see this. And, and you know, uh, and, and this is a very common thing that happens, like not uh, necessarily not only in Los Angeles, but we all know, or, or, or friends, family, they all know about this. Play common places where you can go and 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 become uh, a a citizen, let's say, it, and mm-hmm. become a resident. And and because of that, I had to I had to I I was very scared to be honest when I was writing the script because I I didn't know how people were gonna take it. Uh, I was very scared because I didn't know how the what the impact and how it was gonna react. But then I was questioning myself, and I was like, I wanna. That that is my point of this project, to to portray our lives and our experiences the most authentic that we that I can't. And because of that, I decided to go all the way and just put it as as it is, uh, as which is a very delicate topic. But that's how like people have survived in this country because of this unjust immigrant immigrant uh, laws that we have, and there is mm-hmm. no way, uh, there is no other way that we have just like other than surviving. That's how I see it, and unfortunately, uh, to the government it's not okay. But other than that, it's like those are the ways, and those how. My people have been doing it all the time, and we're going to continue doing it because that there's no other way that we can have to survive. So when I decided to put this on the project, um, I was I was okay. It was not, not easy to decide to put that, but I was okay with it because that's the reality of millions of people. And in the news, in uh, everywhere, you hear people talking and saying, there are millions of undocumented people working in this country, contributing to this country, but no one says, how are they working? How do they get these jobs? Uh, and I wanted to start since the beginning. Uh, on the first season, I wanted to start since the beginning on how is it that we contribute to the country and, and how do how is it that we we get jobs uh, in, in 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 this country. And as you said, you know, this being a delicate uh, topic or subject, that um, you know, there's there was still a sense of humor behind the dynamic. You see, uh, you know, Marlene and Fernando asking the the guy on the street if he was an officer and and he you know in Spanish jokingly says I you know si fuera un policía no estuviera tan gordito you know and so you know that that again it's it, there's still uh, humor and there's some lightheartedness to such a uh, what could feel like a heavy topic um, so I I, I I even had to I, I had to look at more of your videos and it wasn't until I saw some of the behind the scenes that I realized, oh, Luciano Lopez is really an actor. <laughs> you know, because again it felt it felt uh it's so real. What you what you're talking about is so real. Um and these are subjects like we talked about earlier that you don't see on screen very often. Um you never see uh, you know. Our, our people stories being humanized this way. And, um, and then also I want to move on to the mom character who's played by Socorro Vasquez. You know, she has, 
sort of these more quiet roles, but but really by being the mom role, um, I would say probably one of the largest roles. Um, how did you decide to include a mom role? I wanted to, the way I wanted to, well, when I started this project, I didn't have any help from anyone, and I just had this this idea. And again, when I was when I started writing the script, I was like, "What are my resources? What am mm-hmm. I gonna be able to shoot, and what am I gonna be able to accomplish without help, or with just the little help that I have?" Because uh, in my mind, I can write a I can write a hundred pages of script, but I have no help, and then that script is gonna be reduced to only ten, fifteen pages. So uh, I really wanted to show. Uh, how Fernando is dealing with not only work, not only love, but also home. How is the interaction at home? And all this, not only me, but I've seen it on friends. And when, when we're going through problems and stuff and we don't want to worry our parents, and, and when the mom says, oh, you didn't go to work today, and Fernando had been fired already from his work, and he's like, no, I had the day off. Um, it was very important for me because I wanted to show that that protection that we have be, either from parents to to to, to their uh, children or either from sons daughters to their parents in this uh, in this uh, households that we have in the immigrant communities. That's uh, something that happens a lot, and I wanted to show show that. I wanted to show more. But now the audience is going to be able to see a lot more of the mom and a lot more of the interaction because let's remember that Fernando is in the closet with his family and his mom doesn't know that he's um, uh, gay. So we're going to get to see a lot more of this at home with the mom. But definitely I wanted to show uh, this interaction so how it is between Fernando and mom and not being able to be honest, completely honest, uh, of what is going on at home. I just want to share with our listeners, um, if they haven't seen season one, that it's available on YouTube under Undocumented Tales. Uh, you can subscribe to uh, to the channel on YouTube. Uh, and the first season has two episodes. Uh, one is about eight minutes long. The second episode is about 12 minutes long. Uh, but season two premieres uh, this coming Saturday, which is November 11th, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Village at Ed Gold Plaza. And we have included the information to the event on the episode description. So all you have to do is click the highlighted uh, areas, and it'll take you to different pages, one being Armando's Facebook, the other one being the Ndocu Tales um, uh, Facebook page and then the event page. And, you know, I should also take this opportunity to thank uh, Carla Lagaspi, who introduced us to one another. Um, and she shared with me, you know, I think, you know, there's a project that I think you would be quite excited about. And she's definitely right about that. Um, I know that when you and I spoke uh, over the phone to get to know each other a little bit, you were talking to me a little bit about um, you know, what led up to this project and one being that you, you, you wanted to talk about uh, mental health and depression and, and you spoke about a time in your life when, when um, you, you know, you, you were having to 
you know, kind of see where do you go from here? And you came across something, Awkward Black Girl, and you said to me, you instantly became alive. Can you talk to our audience about that experience? Yes. Uh, I, have, I think that um, my undocumented uh, queer community knows that we go through a lot. We go through a lot at home, outside home in relationships, everywhere we go with society or family. And because of that, two years ago, uh, I fall into depression. And I and it's necessarily to talk about, like, depression, you don't have to be in bed, laying down in bed, crying or having no energy. You can live your life. You can go out. You can get drunk. You can go to school. You can go to work. And you have zero energy. That was me. I was living my life or what society expects from me. But inside my mind every day, I used to wake up and I used to say, what's the point? Like, I don't see any point. Am I going to be living like this all the time? Like lying at home, lying to society, hiding, like not being myself, not being, like, I don't want to be here. I don't see any point. And I spent like the three months of, I remember summer 2015 like that, like just thinking about like what's the point. I don't see any point of being alive. And and it's very, it's very sad. It probably sounds hard to, to say it like that, but that that's how I was living. And I was having mm-hmm. anxiety, depression panic attack, and then eventually the suicidal attack. Uh, I remember one day I was completely like, I don't know where, my friend, shout out to my friend Julia Gutierrez, who said, um, have you seen this web series called Awkward Black Girl? And when I asked, what what's that about? And she's like, well, it's about this girl who's awkward and who's black, and she wrote a series for YouTube. And we started watching the series, and when I watched the series, I felt completely different. That series changed my mind. Uh, I felt, yes, I felt like I was becoming alive again because when I saw the series, I was like, oh, my God, like, I can do that. I could do that. I could tell my story about being undocumented, about being gay, about being lying, about being hiding. I could do that. And I got so excited that I started instantly, I started planning this project called Undocumented Tales. Aqua Black Girl is this project called, uh, started by Issa Rae, who probably knows, everyone knows now that Issa Rae is the star and creator of Insecure, the show uh, by HBO. And, and that's why I feel like creating this type of projects might be healing, and might be therapy from, for others. Uh, this is why it's important that maybe some other people do not have resources to to talk to friends, to talk to community, to talk to therapists. But I hope, I hope inside me that one day um, someone out there, I don't know, in another state or another city, sees this series and smiles and be in, and points at the screen and says, "That it's me. I have gone through that," and, and feels some sort of. Uh, uh, therapy or healing along with the characters and the episodes in the series. I, I said this to you over the phone that I, I believe that uh, many gifts from the universe are heading your way. And, and I could see that already because I know it takes about 200 volunteers to put on DocuTales and that people have taken even days off uh, to, you know, shoot uh, the episodes, um, 
And so I know that, that there's been a lot of love and support already and, you know, wish you lots, lots of luck. I know there's an episode premiere this uh, coming Saturday, but when is the general uh, release of, uh, of, of season two for the general audience? Yes, season two, uh, we're going to premiere six episodes it's starting November 13th. So we're going to be premiering every Monday one episode starting November 13th. Uh, and we're going to introduce, this time I get to introduce more characters. And uh, all the characters are undocumented LGBTQ characters played by undocumented LGBTQ actors and talent. I, I saw so, uh, that there is also a transgender character. There are two transgender characters. One of the transgender characters, she's a, a community organizer, undocumented, uh, because we all know that transgender community, transgender women have been at the front lines in when it comes to organizing. So I wanted to give a shout out to all the powerful, amazing transgender women who have taught me so much so we introduced this this character you're gonna fall in love with the character we have two actually but i don't want to talk in detail about it because i want the audience to see these amazing characters <laughs> well then you know what that means that we're gonna have to ask you to come back once the season's premiered <laughs> and, and, and let's let's uh, talk about some of the episodes um i just want to make sure that folks know that there is a Facebook page and it's um, undocumented tales. So, you know, I know it feels like there's this transition with the name, right? I think it started as undocumented tales and, and I could see that it's moving to undocu tales. Is that correct? Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad that, I, that you asked that because everyone asked me. Uh, so when I started the project, we called it undocumented tales. That has been the official name, but so for some reason, when people were sharing the, the sneak peeks and the videos on social media, someone started the hashtag UndocumentedTales. And I used to correct people and be like, oh, it's actually called UndocumentedTales. But in the undocumented community, everyone started calling it UndocumentedTales, UndocumentedTales. And, and then people started promoting it as UndocumentedTales <laughs> instead of UndocumentedTales. So I'm assuming that the pop, by popular demand, <laughs> the name is UndocumentedTales. But the official, the, and people don't even notice on the logo. The logo says undocumented tales, but people are like, oh, undocumented tales, undocumented tales. So undocumented tales is a popular name, but the official technical name is undocumented tales. But everyone calls it undocumented tales. So I just, I used to stop correcting people. I'm just like, let's call undocumented tales. And now I just the hashtag undocumented tales. <laughs> Um, well, so there you have it, folks. Um, Armando, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to Key Talk Radio. And for more information on this episode or other episodes, please visit QTalkRadio.com. Fernando, I wish you a great day, and I look forward to meeting you on Saturday in person. And, uh, and if you have any more questions for Armando, you can reach him. What's your, what's your Facebook page? Yes, you can you can write to to me through Facebook, Armando Ibanez. Twitter also same, Armando Ibanez. Or you can go through the Undocumented page. And I am the one who checks all the email uh, 
So you can reach out to either on that details page or Armando Ibanez. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Armando. You have a nice day, and I'll see you Saturday. Thank you, thank you, and I hope that everyone goes to the premiere on Saturday. Just to stay tuned uh, for the episodes, and I'm very excited to premiere. Thank you. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. So there you have it, folks. We were talking to Armando Ibanez, the creator of Undocumented Tales, also known as Tales. Uh, for more information, please visit qtalkradio.com. Q Talk Radio is a program of the San Gabriel Valley LGBTQ Center and is brought to you in collaboration with Q, Q Youth Foundation. We're going to leave you with Si nos dejan by La Voz de Oro. Yeah.